All right, guys, welcome back. Jason and Alex back again for the fantasy football sackos. We got a great episode lined up for you today. We're going to be chit chatting about our top rookies for the 2021 NFL fantasy football season. Alex, before we get started, how was your weekend? Did do anything fun? Um, <clears throat> I, I think, well, hold on, I'll get to that. I just want to say you missed a golden opportunity to not say we have a nice episode coming up uh, in honor of our 69th pod that we're dropping. Um, it's absolutely unbelievable that uh, people have listened to us for 69 episodes, so we really appreciate that. Um, and uh, so just wanted to, to say that this is a, going to be a very, very nice episode for our listeners, and we're really happy you're along. Uh, as far as my weekend goes, um, it was good. I uh, had a little bit too much to drink, maybe, on, on Saturday night, but I battled through. Uh, we celebrated Attaboy. my birthday. Um, Happy birthday. Which, thank you, um, which I'm sacrificing uh, my birthday night by recording with you. It's literally my birthday right now, and <laughs> I'm recording a fantasy football podcast. Um, and you didn't even say happy birthday before we started recording. Um, so... I'm uh, sorry I, w I didn't get you old no, man no, shoes no. and socks well, like I did last year. It's it's okay. Yep. 33. Um, wow. You're over the hill. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel terrible, honestly. I'm like 10 pounds heavier than I've ever been in my life. And here I am talking fantasy football. But you look great. You look great Thank doing you. it. On a scale from 1 to 69, how great was your birthday weekend? 33. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast with your hosts, Jason Shellcross and Alex Krogh. Let's go! Fantasy Football Sackos. Jason and Alex back again. We are talking top rookies today. Um, I, I mean, I feel like the number one rookie is just really apparent and obvious he's the highest in adp right now and that is Najee harris um i mean he's going at pick what 22 and a half right now so the end of the second round mm -hmm. just exceptionally high adp for a rookie um yes and no right i mean i, I still remember when uh you know so when uh zeke elliott was going like sixth or seventh overall i think his rookie year um i'm i'm blanking on the chargers name um when he came out this is like Melvin 12 Gordon? years ago no his last name was matthews um, oh yeah okay and and he was going like ryan matthews I, yeah i think ryan matthews is correct and and i mean he was going like sixth overall as a rookie because you know all of a sudden he's replacing tomlinson and and things like that um, so his yeah, draft value at the, at the end of the second round is not terrible um, when you're considering the fact that you're going to be looking at pairing him with uh, Dalvin or Henry or Kamara or McCaffrey. Like, so that's a hell of a one-two punch. And when I think about it too, you know, is is he going to kind of be Le'Veon Bell-like? And, and the only reason I ask is because that offense isn't really substantially different. They throw the ball a ton. And he's already proven in college that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He had 45 catches last year playing for Alabama. And you don't... I, I mean, we'll talk about Travis Etienne here in a little bit. But the like you don't see that many college running backs catch passes out of the backfield so i feel like 43 is like a decent number uh, especially in a little bit of a shorter season last year for alabama so i mean you, you take what you know james connor's always been an exceptional um exceptional receiver there uh, and then obviously lev bell has been as well um so i feel like his he's he has a really high floor for a rookie um just because of the catches um and so he's going currently going rb14 um, so he's going somewhere in the same range as Antonio Gibson's 13. Uh, he's going before Clyde Edwards, Alaire, uh, Ooh. DeAndre Swift, JK Dobbins. Ooh. 
Um, Would you take so Antonio so Gibson, Najee yeah, Harris, I mean Clyde Edwards, Hilaire? Put them in an order. Gibson, Harris, Edwards, Hilaire. <laughs> um, it's probably right. I'm probably taking Gibson and then Harris and then and then Clyde. Um, I would take that's, Clyde that's over where they're both. at in ADPs currently. And uh, see, I don't, I don't know if I would, and only because. Yes, I know he's going to be better in that offense in year two for the Chiefs, but they just have so many weapons to spread it around. And, you know, do we really know if Daryl Williams is not going to, you know, be there to, to swipe goal line carries from CEH? I don't know. You know, I, I, I think they're right as is. Um, I think Gibson with, with Fitzmagic um, is better than Harris, who's better than Hilaire, but they're it's a guess right it's a guess certainly um i am that does not mean i am down on Najee. by the way i think that he's absolutely going to be a three down back this season um the guy is a monster with 26 rushing touchdowns last season which is just absolutely incredible what he did for alabama he and he really carried the load as you said more than 250 carries had 300 total touches or nearly 300. Um, I just think that maybe the offensive line for the Steelers, there might be a couple question marks there, but you can't argue with the late first. Well, I mean, you can't argue with the first round pick. Like the draft capital is going to be there. Connor's not there. I, I think he's going to get all the goal line work. And yeah. Yeah, right. And and his seconds. Fair. I, I will say, and somebody I actually didn't mention that I like more than all of those guys would be David Montgomery, who's going RB19. The disrespect um, to David Montgomery is real. End of the third right now. Which, yeah, which doesn't make any sense. Um, so for the value, absolutely, I would take Montgomery. Um, and I think he finishes ahead of all those guys that we actually mentioned. Yeah, unless Tariq Cohen comes back and is a thing, <clears throat> which I doubt he will be a thing. But yes, um, back to Najee, great second round pick. I think he's easily um, the highest producer, most consistent producing um, player out of all of these rookies is single-handedly, you know, head and shoulders above them in terms of team situation. Um, As long as Ben can stay healthy, I think that that team will put up some points. Um, So just... You know, be aware of Najee. If you like rookie running backs and he's a stud, um, go get you some Najee Harris at the end of the second round. Do you think he moves up at all or do you think can he I, might can cool I inter- a little bit? I think he'll cool down a little bit um, because I, I think people will realize that Montgomery's going too low. Um, can I ask you a question? Just, just as an example. Yeah. W- would you take Najee Harris or George Kittle if you're sitting there at the end of the second? Kittle is going uh, I would immediately take behind him in ADP. I would take Harris, um, knowing that I already have a potential, uh, you know, two top twelve running backs. Um, okay. w- you know, to have to have that potential, uh, and, and wait for tight end, which I actually think is a little deeper than it has been in years past. Um, and we we've talked about you know getting locked into a tight end early kind of limits your your potential depth. Um, to to especially fill the flex spot is when you kind of start feeling where you're just kind of grasping at straws on a weekly basis if you take tight end early. Um, I'm comfortable waiting for you know if if Kittle makes the turn and comes back, then I'd pull the trigger on it. But I would take Harris before him. Okay, all right. Because I because I I don't know if Kittle can stay healthy. He's never proven that he can do that. I just think that you have to reach for either and not reach, but. Yeah, I think you have to draft either quarterback or tight end in the first six rounds to give yourself an advantage at either of those two positions compared to the field. So when you choose to and who you choose to uh, is, you know, up to you and depends on where the value is at the time of your draft. And no two drafts are alike. So just gut call. Yeah. And, figure and, it out. And, and, and you could absolutely, again, mock 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 to to figure it out but you know it's almost a preference thing right is do you want two stud running backs or two potential stud running backs or would you rather 
hey, I know I have a stud running back locked in. I don't need to worry about that position. I can get one, you know, in round five, round seven to kind of, you know, finish me off there. And I need to attack with the tight end and wide receiver spot Um, or, you know, something similar because you're like, well, why do I need another running back? I already have one of the top ones. So I'm just going to not worry about that position. And if they get hurt, I'm probably screwed anyway. So why why double <laughs> up on running back, running back when, you know, the replacement is going to be hard anyway. So I might as well just try to maximize other positions, which which I get. Yeah, right. And also not to say that George Kittle is uh, susceptible to injuries, but he's missed a lot of games because he plays a game very violently and is not afraid of contact. So maybe skipping out on him in the second True. round and going with somebody else is a, a good call there. <clears throat> But yeah, and can I, I can I interrupt you before we keep going? I, I just wanted to mention that on this podcast, we will not be talking about any Packers players this week because they don't know how to surround their franchise quarterback with talent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember when they drafted Jordan Love in the first round and or wait, no, Jordan Lerv, Louve, Lovey. I don't we, we I'm, the, the love, the Lerv. Yeah, our shtick from last week. Yeah. If you haven't listened to last week, we butchered probably seven different Packers players' names completely on accident. And now it's just a thing that we're going to keep on doing. Um, yeah. yeah, remember when they drafted him in the first round? Oh, my God. So excellent. And uh, some some meme account on Twitter tweeted out that Aaron Rodgers was going to come back, and it got six jillion RTs and likes, and it was awesome. Everybody thought it was real. All right. Either way, neither here nor there. Moving on. The next highest drafted rookie at this point in time in mid-July is Travis Etienne. Currently going as running back 24. This is crazy. Running back 24. It's really unbelievable. He was uh, round one pick 25 out of Clemson. Went immediately after Najee, who landed in a much better situation um, James Robinson came out of nowhere last year to finish his RB seven. He averaged nearly 18 fantasy points a game. <laughs> He's still there. Um, the beat reporters out of Jacksonville are saying that ETN is going to be the passing down back and James Robinson is going to get early down and goal line work. So who, who would you rather have? Out of Najee Just, and ETN? No, no, sorry. Just strictly based, if you were to be told for any two players, one's going to get first, second down and goal line work, and somebody's going to be a third down back, who would you rather have between the two players? I want the tutties. Of course you do. So why is James Robinson going four running back spots behind Travis Etienne? I don't know, but he's a value. Uh, I can say that much. So... That's fantastic. Is he's currently going as pick sixty nine, and again, this is the sixty ninth episode nice. of the Fantasy Football Sackos nice again podcast. Um, yeah, I think the thought there is that Lawrence is going to check it down and throw it to him. They both played at Clemson together. I mean, he has definitely some serious straight line speed. He's just not the shiftiest guy. Um. I just I think that the the hope for a lot of people drafting him is that he will eventually take over a three down role as the season develops. But I really don't think you're going to have a good idea of what that feature or lack of being featured looks like until uh, preseason football is well underway. Yeah, and you don't want to take a, a running back. That, that you're projecting as a running back two, right? He, he's he's RB twenty four. I don't even know he's if he's a flux guy. Yeah, you don't even know if he's gonna play enough to like. He'll be okay, but as pick fifty one right now on average ADP for redraft, he is going at the as the first pick in the sixth round. So he would be or could be like your third running back. And there are some, I think, better running backs going behind him. I like Mike Davis more. Uh, yep. 
who else do I like more? I like. I mean, if you probably if, if, Chase Edmonds yeah, more. If, if if you can tell me that Raheem Mostert's going to be starting, I like him more. Um, and and at this point, you know, just looking at ADPs, I would much rather have, um, you know, Adam Thielen, who's going uh, two picks behind Travis Etienne right now. Um, Dak Prescott is right there. I'd rather have Dak on my team than Travis Etienne, or Cooper Cup, or Deontay Johnson, or. Um, uh, you know, somewhere right, Mike Davis for sure. Um, so yeah, he, I I think he cools off um, as we kind of head, we get closer to draft draft time. I I would be shocked um, if, if he's going this high in drafts um, when we get there, but maybe I'll be surprised. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up. Two running backs in, and now we go to Atlanta for Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida, who absolutely lit the world on fire, had 12 touchdowns, 43 receptions for 770 yards, and 12 touchdowns in a whopping eight games. The guy is an absolute beast. Goes to Atlanta. Matt Ryan loves him some tight end. So... I think he's just, it's a thin, pos- I would say, I don't know, you don't think tight end is a thin position. I think it's generally tied and t- thin in terms of like top tier talent. I think that there's like three to four really good people and then it's just like a dearth of averageness and Kyle Pitts has the potential to be one of those exceptional people. Um sure. More than 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns in his final two seasons. I Yeah, I, I don't know. Just the potential, maybe even over just the second half of the season is there. It's just really high, though. I mean, the, where you have to pick him is the middle of the sixth round on a rookie tight end. Yeah. Is that really something you want to do? Um, just... Just for the for the record, uh, my tight end rankings: Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, T.J. Hawkinson, and then Kyle Pitts. Um, followed Hawkinson. by Mark. Fo- followed by, by by Andrews, Tanyan, and Logan Thomas. Um, I I do think that there is tight end value. Um, you know, there even ev- you know even Gronk was still a top tight top ten tight end last year, um, and I have him down at eighteen. Um, so I, I I do think that you can find tight ends. Um, so using and I mean, trust me, he's really good. There's no Julio left there, so there's going to be plenty of targets to go around. Right? Is is kind of the thinking of they're they're going to have to throw the ball to somebody, um, and they're probably not going to be ahead in many games, right? So, I mean, be- between him, Mike Davis, um. You know, I just don't, there's just, I don't know. It's just, he's fine, but Calvin Ridley is going to be the target monster there. And so if they are going to adopt the Tennessee Titans offense, which their former offensive coordinators, now their head coach there, the, the offense is, there's just not that many passing opportunities because they're going to run the ball so much. If they're successful at doing so and can stop anybody on defense, which they haven't done in five years. Right. But yeah. So I don't, I I don't know. I would, I see my, my philosophy on tight ends is I'll just let other people waste their picks on them and I'll try to go after them in round two or sorry, in, in year two of their career, especially in redraft. Right. Yeah. I I would not draft a rookie tight end early. No, if if I'm doing a, uh, you know a keeper league of some kind, that that'll change change the thought process a little bit. But um, last year it didn't work. My philosophy, which is stay away from all rookie wideouts and pass catchers, and you had you know two of the greatest um, rookie wide receivers, which really pissed me off. Screw you, Justin Jefferson. You you killed me last year. But it's. I, I just don't trust I just don't trust them. There's so much to learn, especially the tight end spot where he's going to be blocking and 
Like there's there's just so much to learn from a protection standpoint and you know, let alone running all your routes and pulling and and doing all this other stuff. Tight end is not an easy position to play in the NFL, especially now and everything that's that's expected. Now, if they're just going to have him play at wide receiver, I think that's a little bit different, but that's not why they drafted him. Like he's he's a good blocker. So, I just I don't have high expectations. Like I do have high expectations cuz I'm at 5, but I would not take him here. I would I would wait another round or two because he's a rookie. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I think I've more or less, the value would have to be obscene for me to end up with Kyle Pitts on my team and he would have to fall because there's no way I'm spending a top six round pick on Kyle Pitts. So I'm either getting Kelsey or Kittle or Waller. And if I miss on those three, then I will sit and take whoever else later, much later. Like, guys, looking at this here, some guys that I think are a value. Uh, Noah Fant currently going at pick 77. Like, that's, I think, a value. That's in round seven. So, I'm, yeah. I'll take Fant over that. I think he would. He could easily have a better season. Uh, who else? Uh, Logan Thomas for Washington. I think there's a world where he has a fantastic season. Mike Gesicki in Miami could have a great year. And Robert Tanyan, tight end 11. I mean, he's going in the ninth round. So there's still a bunch of guys that I think that you would be more than fine with if you don't get Kyle Pitts. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm really fine on messing him. All right. Next up, we have Jamar Chase. Wide receiver for Cincinnati out of LSU. Guy is an absolute freak of nature. Okay. Last time we saw him, he had 84 catches at LSU. Okay. For almost 1,800 yards and 20 scores. Guess who was throwing him the football? Joe Burrow. Guess who's now the quarterback for Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Like, it's, they already have a rapport. So I, I understand that, yes, there's competition. There's T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and they each had, I don't know, almost a full season with Burrow throwing, him, throwing them the ball. But Jamar Chase definitely does have a rapport with Burrow already. So maybe... There's, I think that there's definitely a world where Tyler Boyd becomes the number three wide receiver on this team because Higgins was already surpassing him in terms of target percentage in the second half of last season. And if Jamar Chase comes in and is as much of a stud as advertised, he's already done it with Burrow. So 84 catches at 1,800 yards in one season with 20 scores is absolutely obscene. So does it not worry you at all that he didn't play last year because he opted out due to COVID concerns? So he has not played a football game in 16 months. If he plays all of camp and all of preseason, no. I think it makes it certainly it heightens the potential of him getting injured. Absolutely. Um, We saw that. We saw a lot of soft tissue injuries at the beginning of last season because they went from, you know, street clothes to game clothes in a week. Granted, that's not what's going to happen this year. Um, (laughs) Yep. But if, if he, if he can make it through camp and all the preseason games without any injuries, I would say no, because then he's already done. He's already gotten some game time. Um, Do you, like where he's going right now as wide receiver 26th, which is in the beginning of the seventh round at pick 64 and redraft. Uh, no, that's beginning of the sixth round. No, it's 6.3, uh, which means it's more than six, which is in the seventh. Gotcha. No. Yes, sir. We no, no, Alex, Alex, 12 times six is what? 72. Oh, 
Well, then why is it 6.3? Okay, fine. You <laughs> he's going in the sixth round. Um, I, I did a formula there. Oh, okay. okay. So, <clears throat> so the, I don't think that he should be going before T Higgins. I know he's good. T Higgins is going one pick after him. Um, which doesn't make any, which I, I just don't know. So they're, they're going to run three that they're back to back. Yeah. It's really interesting, right? They are. They're going to throw the ball a ton. They still have mix in there. They have Ooh, a, it's going to a be franchise. Hurt. They have a franchise quarterback. They have three wide receivers. It is. Do, so first of all, let me ask you this. Do you think Joe Burrow is good enough to support three fantasy wide receivers that are all uh, wide receiver threes or better? The potential? Yes. Did he do it last year? I almost. I mean, AJ Green yeah. had a big game here, had a big game there, but really was not startable. Um, T. Higgins and Boyd were. Um, you could argue that Boyd had a letdown year. Um, yep. But it's just because Higgins was such a monster. I think Higgins, to me, it's Higgins is the guy that you want. Um, I, I, want I want whoever's going to be in the slot. Of the three guys, I want the slot guy. And if that's going to be Higgins, then that's who I'd prefer the three. If that's going to be Boyd, then that's who I would take. So I would be, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to them preseason when they're on the field to see who's lined up in the slot the most because that's the guy I want of the three. Okay. Is that fair? Sure. Can you just tell me why you want the slot guy? Uh, yeah, because Burrow loves throwing to the slot. That's what he did in college. That's what he was doing last year. And so Boyd was getting screwed a little bit because not a, he was playing on the outside and he had the best cornerback on him, which freed up T. And so now that a lot of people are saying Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver of the, of the three, is does that mean he's going to be lined up outside, or are they just going to kind? Are they all three going to be playing everywhere? Which is entirely possible. And then, you know, they're all going to have you know, on a given week, high wide receiver two potential, right? Yeah, I mean, T. Higgins was playing as a low-end wide receiver one for stretches of the season last year, so... Yeah, right. Like, And, and he's going after Jamar Chase, which yeah. is, is basically people drafting, like, I don't know who I want here. One of, So it, it's almost like a flip of the coin, essentially, right, is who do you think is going to be better and people currently think that Jamar Chase has the higher upside. I think it's really close. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's why I'm waiting for the preseason to see where they're lining up. Do you think it's ridiculous at all that Odell Beckham is going behind both of them? No. Really? Right. In the middle of the sixth round, Odell <laughs> Beckham, wide receiver one for that team? Is he? I mean, isn't it isn't it Jarvis Landry at this point? No. I don't know. Odell had we we talked we talked about this last year. Odell hasn't done anything in what five years? Odell's been hurt. Point? I know. Like, so last year, three hundred yards. He had a thousand the year before that. A thousand the year before that. Three hundred the year before that. Hasn't had more than six receiving touchdowns since 2016. Um, so yeah, that's where he's that's where he should be going. The upside there is crazy, though, right? So would 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 you rather have Odell either over both of them, just on a shot that he returns? Oh man, I don't know. Uh maybe over a rookie receiver. But T. Higgins in his second year would be a little bit hard. I'd have to think about it. But I mean, I mean, o Odell played seven games last year and had forty-three targets. Yeah, I know. And then he shit the bed. Wait, that was that wasn't that was before that was in the off season. All oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, he he's going where he should be going with crazy upside. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, just kind of, you know what Odell reminds me of? He reminds me of Keenan Allen and Stefan Diggs last year. That's that's all I'm saying. Like clear cut wow. wide receiver ones on their respective teams going wow. late. I'm just saying, like if he could definitely pop off and finish in the top twelve, and it would not surprise me at all. And he's going. He's going as wide receiver twenty eight. He's a wide receiver one. Yeah. So I'm but just. I, I love the value. I mean, do 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 you think Chase Claypool should be going after him? Yes, I don't think Chase Claypool sniffs Odell Beckham's numbers. Okay. Not with Deontay and Juju. Right, but so I, I guess this goes back to my my larger overall point is I I would rather take a possible known than an unknown. So. Is Odell Beckham more than a known, more of a known than than Jamar Chase? Yes. Would I rather have Cortland Sutton than him? Yes. Would I rather have? Uh, I mean, I might even prefer a healthy Debo Samuel over him, right? Um, like I, I just maybe a suspended Will Fuller, who's the absolute number one. Um, you know, I there's yeah, just Tua can't throw a football. That's fair. I just don't like taking. I, I would rather. I'm cool with taking rookie shots later. I don't like paying for the rookie, the top rookie price unless it's that top running back number. Does um, Jamar Chase's history with Burrow, the 14 games, 84 catches, 1800 yards, and 20 touchdowns change that opinion at all or affect it? No, I don't think so. Because the NFL is just different. Um, like I, I don't want I don't want to be playing Jamar Chase twice against the Steelers. I, I have no I have no interest in that. Um, for a rookie where he's going to be fighting for targets with two other proven NFL wide receivers, that's okay. that's just a lot of mouths to feed. Um, with mix in there too, who you say is going to get hurt, and he probably will, but still, he's still there. So I just I just don't the the value. To, to pay for an unknown in the sixth round is just, it's just hard for me. Another potential value, maybe Joe Mixon going as running back 12 right now, but <sighs> man, I love rookies so much. This is fantastic. All right. Next up. In ADP, after Jamar Chase, we have Javante Williams. Javante Williams is currently being drafted as running back 30. Uh, He was round two, pick 35 of the NFL draft to Denver out of North Carolina. Um, Had 157 rushing attempts for 1,100 yards and 19 scores, as well as 25 catches last year for another 300 yards. So, two-way guy. Denver, I think that Denver could be excellent this season um, so long as everybody can stay healthy. But Eddie B. Yes, yes. Do you worry at all about Melvin Gordon being there, though, in front of him? Do you think Javante has a chance to take over? Absolutely. Isn't this exactly the same thing as what happened last year with Melvin? You know, splitting time the entire time, maybe being healthy, maybe not being healthy. Yeah, and but Javante's head and shoulders, I think, above Philip Lindsay. Okay, so I mean, but but he had a thousand yards his first two years in the league, too. So it's not like he was some schlub. Um I just I don't want anything to do with the backfield because it's a split backfield. You're you're hanging out at the end of round six, beginning of round seven. Um, I mean, wouldn't you much rather have a, a Ronald Jones? Um, I, I guess he's splitting with Fournette a little bit. Um, I, I mean, isn't David Johnson kind of the guy in Houston at this point? Um, oh, to, to a certain extent, at least. I don't want David um, Johnson. How, how about Zach? How about Zach Moss? Who loves me some Zach Moss? Round and a half. Right, he's going a round and a half later. Um, 
you know, Kenyon Drake, James Connor are kind of the the running backs after uh, after here. So, um, yeah, I, at, at this point, you're basically saying toss up on who you want. You hope one gets hurt. Running backs usually do, and you hope you don't have the one that gets hurt. Yeah, but I like Javante Williams, though. I mean, Melvin Gordon is in his last year of his contract. Like, he, I believe, will be gone. Um, he is only 28, but that's old for running backs, especially ones that went to Wisconsin and had 6 million carries. Um, he's been around a while, too. And he's been injured a while, too. Yeah. So, I really... I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has the... The Cam Akers sort of season, where you end, you start the season splitting carries, and about halfway through the season, you start taking on a bigger role, and you eventually become, you know, the guy. They did trade up to draft him, so I, I think he's their stud of the future. It's just how long is Melvin Gordon in the way? Right. So. I would, I, I would, I would be wanting if I drafted Javante. Lord, I hope I have two running backs in front of him at least. Um, he is going as running back thirty, so like you should um, without any real issues. But I think he's a fine flex player um, that could certainly turn into more. I just need Cortland Sutton and Teddy B and everybody to stay healthy. Yeah. Or maybe it's still going to be the Drew Locke show. Who knows? There you go. Javante currently going in the seventh round. All right. Next Mm. up, we have Devonta Smith. Uh, Number one pick 10 out of Alabama to Philly. He had an incredible year. Heisman Trophy winning, Bolitnikoff winning year. 117 receptions. Almost 1,900 yards, 23 scores. He had another score on the ground. Um, Just absolutely obscene stats for Alabama this past season. Currently going at the beginning of the eighth round. Um, I don't That's... Oh, man. Devonta Smith or Jalen Rager? (laughs) I would rather have Smith. I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and until Rager can show that he can do it consistently. Um, Rager's going I, undrafted. I would well, he's going 145. Yeah. So 13th round. So, yeah, essentially, right? Um, I mean, <clears throat> the the talents here, he, he got traded up for. Um, feel like he's the number one guy there. The issue is, do you think Jalen Hurts can get him the ball? consistently yeah. enough um we, we we don't know what that offense is going to look like if you uh, don't know what to think about jalen hurts please listen to our previous podcast where we rank our our top 12 quarterbacks for the season jalen hurts is discussed at length yeah so so round eight um i'm not gonna love it um like wouldn't you rather have Curtis Samuel on Washington than him? Um, wouldn't you rather have Brandon Cooks than him? Especially, well, especially if Watson's there. We still don't know what's going on there. Um, Jerry Judy's right there. I, I, Will Fuller's right there. Tyler Boyd's right there. Brandon Cooks is right there. Wouldn't All you those rather guys. Jarvis Landry? I mean. Probably. I Jalen Hurts looked terrible at s- certain times last season. At times. He looked otherworldly, yep. otherworldly, and he looked terrible. He looked like a high school quarterback running around trying not to get murdered in certain games. Like I that's not that's not what you want. I don't think that I want any receiver that Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball to. If I'm being completely honest, that's right. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Hertz like is sat at some point this season either. Cause he's just going to have a meltdown. And they're not going to deal with it. 
But can I talk about a little bit of extreme value right there? I see Juju Smith-Schuster going in the about a half round ahead of Devonta Smith. Isn't that silly? Wide receiver 32. Yeah. I mean, he, he's way, you know, he's better than a flex player. He was, wasn't he, uh, I, I'm doing this off the top of my head without looking it up, but I'm pretty sure he was a top 20 wideout last year. Yeah. But, which, which is just shocking um, that all of a sudden he's going wide receiver 32 just in front of uh, Devonta Smith. Um, and I mean, you talk, you want to tell me about value. Damian Harris running back 33 is going two picks before Devonta Smith. Um, that's for me, the steal um, in at the end of round seven, almost round eight as a starting running back. Um, yes, I, I know he's playing for the Patriots and you can never trust the Patriots running back, but still that that's the value there for me, um, for sure. But yeah, I, I would much rather have, you know, Jerry Judy. I would rather have Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd, Curtis Samuel, Brandon Cooks, um, ahead of Devonta Smith. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I, I, I. I'm just not. It's not it for me. Devonta Smith is not it for me. Like they traded up to draft him, um, and he's a stick figure running around playing NFL football. Um, I think he definitely starts right away just because there's no talent at the receiver position other than maybe Rager who can't catch ball. Um. I just think that I think he's a first round pick in dynasty drafts, but he's not for redraft and he's not close to on. He's won't be on my team going in the eighth round and in redraft. Nope. I agree. All right. Somebody else that I absolutely love up next. We have Trey sermon round three round three pick 88 draft out of Ohio state to San Francisco. Trey Sermon, I think, is fantastic. He had 116 rushing attempts at Ohio State for 870 yards, only four scores. Did have 12 catches for 100 yards last year as well. Um, To me, I think it's more about opportunity. Jeff Wilson was already hurt this offseason, and so Trey's already getting work. Um, I I don't believe in Mostert. I don't believe that they're going to lean on one running back the entire season. It's not San Francisco. It's not anything that they've ever done. So I don't know. I, I think that Trey Sermon could easily surpass Mostert at some point. It would not surprise me. Yeah. And I mean, they have, they have Wayne Gallman there as well. Um, Wayne Gallman. Um, so I, there's so many unknowns. This is a dart throw. We've we've talked previous years about 49ers running backs where you know, somebody might be really great one week and then they might not even get a carry the following week and then they might get 15 the fall like it's just all over the place. Um and they they use their running backs effectively, but you just don't know who it's going to be on a given week. And for the love of God, well, can the 49ers please stay healthy? They have, they, I swear to you, they have the most injuries in the NFL every single year. And I, this is fine value, honestly. If, if you're going to take a swing at running back 36, going to the end of the eighth round, yes, that's take a swing. Right. Like if you're going to do that, that's, that's totally fine. So, any other thoughts on Trey Sermon? No, I I have nothing. This is one of those things, though, where it's like. It's nice to flag the rookies when when you like have your piece of paper, if if you're depending on how prepared you are, but a lot of people just print off like an ESPN draft, you know, um, sheet sheet or whatever. Also, side note, you can get all of our rankings at the fantasy football We're in the process of putting everything together um, there with prior year stats. But. um this is one where, you know, you have every position taken. And so now it's time to start throwing darts 
and a 49ers running back is actually a fine dart throw to take. Um, now, would I prefer some other people that are going after him? Probably. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I could not take Jarvis Landry ahead of him. I don't know if I could. Um, I don't know if I could take uh, Trey Sermon over AJ Dillon, who I, I do think will be more involved um, in in the Packers' offense this year. Um, Laviska Chenault is going after him, and and he's been talked up all year. Um, Marquise Brown's going after him now. I and we we talked about talked about that a little bit um, last episode, but that's still crazy value. And I don't know if I can be taking a random running back who I have no idea what's going to happen over some some more proven talent. Me personally, I would much rather have Gus Edwards instead of Trey Sermon by by like a wide wide margin. Um, and Gus Edwards is currently going at the beginning of round 10 and Trey Sermon's going at the end of round eight. So like all aboard the Gus bus at that value. Um, and he's more of a known commodity than, than Trey Sermon. What about our next, uh, rookie? And that is Michael Carter currently going as running back 39. Um, round four, pick one of seven out of North Carolina. Um, currently going as running back 39 in drafts. I, uh, for me, honestly, I would think I would prefer Michael Carter to Trey Sermon. And it's because purely opportunity. There is nobody else on the Jets that's going to run the ball. Uh, like Tevin Coleman is not a stud. Michael P. Ryan is not a stud. Ty Johnson is not a stud. So... Yep. I think Michael Carter has an opportunity to see some real game time. Um, he's versatile. He had 82 catches and he only dropped six passes the, his entire time at North Carolina. I think that he will be serviceable and at least a flex type running back. Um, so if you're looking for something maybe consistent all year, I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Carter has some consistent value throughout the season. Yeah, a half around a half around later, I, I would take Michael Carter ahead of Trey Sermon um, just because I think the opportunities there um, in. Uh, I don't know. I've like. I, that, that's a tough one. Like it, it I can't believe that Trey Sermon is actually going ahead of him. Apparently, people think that, you know, P. Ryan um, or was it Tevin Coleman? Yeah, and Ty um, Johnson. <clears throat> like, and yeah, obviously a cloudy backfield. Do you really want to own a Jets running back? Um, I was all aboard the Frank Gore train last year. Um, so, like, somebody there is going to have some sort of value. So, you might as well take the youngest guy. And then after week one, when Tevin Coleman gets 15 carries, um, go spend all your waiver dollars on Tevin Coleman. <laughs> it's like, can't, can't you just see it? Like, I can almost guarantee you right now that we will be talking about Tevin Coleman week one waivers. I hope not, but probably, honestly. Yeah. Uh, week one, especially. Yep. Especially right, until if he, gets he falls into the end zone. Correct. But. Michael Carter. All right. Next up, we have Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 42, currently um, going in the middle of the ninth round. Uh, he was a first round draft pick out of Alabama, sixth overall in the draft to Miami. Um, do you like Jalen Waddle? Do you think that he has the ability to produce in year one? He does. Reunite with Tua, his former college quarterback at Alabama. Um, he averaged 19 yards per catch while splitting targets with Jerry Judy, Ruggs, and Devonta Smith. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You have Devonte Parker, just... Will Fuller, and Mike Gesicki there. Like, pass. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, um, little round six. Um, prob probably not. 
Jalen no, Waddle. No, it's not round six. He's going middle round nine. So we're getting sorry, deeper. Nine, nine, sorry, nine point six. No, like if if I'm looking at um, like again, Lavisca, Marquise Brown, Corey Davis, I'd rather have on the Jets. I'd much rather have Michael Pittman than him uh, on Indy with with Wentz um, throwing the ball and in, in kind of that retooled offense. Um, yeah, just uh, again, I I actually can't believe he's going ahead of Devontae Parker. Um, who's going f- like basically two rounds later than him? Um, again, always give me the known over the unknown. There you go. All right, and then next up, we have our our last top ten round rookie, and that is Trevor Lawrence, currently being drafted as quarterback fourteen. Um. You know, rookie out of Clemson, number one overall draft pick. What's there to say about Trevor Lawrence? The guy has been hyped up as the prototype quarterback now. Um, geez, for two years at least. Comes into yeah. Jacksonville trying to save the franchise. Being drafted in fantasy football redraft at the beginning of the 10th round. Quarterback 14. Guys just, you know, trying to take a swing on whoever the rookie is. I think Justin Herbert is helping out all these rookie quarterback rankings from last year. And I mean, maybe rightly so, right? There's always one, at least one rookie quarterback that kind of pops off. Um, Lamar. But, but, can't, but can't you just get him on the waiver wire? No, like, Trevor Lawrence will be drafted. No, quarterback not, 14. No, I know. No, I, I sorry. Let me rephrase that. That quarterback that pops off as a rookie, you can get pretty damn close to getting him on the waivers. So spending a 10th round pick like you're getting him if you have you know two quarterbacks that are somewhere in the top you know right right you know 10 to 14 range. So that'd be Tom Brady uh, Joe Burrow uh, Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill is going would be their four backup. picks. Tannehill is going four picks ahead of Trevor Lawrence. That is disgraceful. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So, like, really, you're going to take, like, Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be going anywhere close to Tannehill um, in, in a draft, um, at, at least, at least in our opinions. Um, I, this, to me, this is just a hard pass only because who was the last college coach that came up from the NFL or that came up from college and had ran a successful offense in the NFL? Uh, I don't I don't have a lot coming to mind. I but he Carroll. You know, I. That's one, but he ran a very, very pro style offense. And I, I guess Ohio State did did to a, a certain extent, but they certainly didn't with Tebow um, at, at Florida. So I just, this is a, like, he'll be fine because he'll have rushing yards. Um, but the, I, I, I'm going to be looking for depth at this point. Um, and I, I don't think. I don't think Trevor Trevor Lawrence is going to be on my radar at this no. price. No, I I will not be participating. I would rather wait and swing on somebody in like the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th round. Like if I'm going to take a swing on a rookie QB, like Justin Fields is going in that range. Trey Lance is going in that range. Zach Wilson uh, is going in what? The the end of the fourteenth round, um, so I, I'm I'm fine taking any one of those three rookie signal callers much later in the draft, or like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, so yeah, it, because if you're picking up one of those yeah, guys, I mean, then you have like you're going to be streaming, so you're going to be looking to pair guys to have a a, a competitive schedule for the first few weeks of the season. And not have to drop. 
Yeah, and and at the same time too, I'd rather have some of these guys of um that 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 are going after him currently, like Darnell Mooney. Um, I'd rather have um even Latavius Murray as a backup or um like I, there's just like Nicole Hardman. Carson Wentz uh, is, is, is going as quarterback going nineteen. Yeah, like I would much rather have Wentz than I would Trevor Lawrence. T.Y. Like, Hilton like, is going as a wide receiver wide 58. Yeah, that's just... Uh, there's there's too many guys to be taking a rookie quarterback in round 10 when quarterbacks as deep as it is, um, you're better off just waiting for your second quarterback or just not even drafting one and playing off the, wire, the waiver wire. Yeah, or, or adding Deshaun and just leaving him on your bench and see if he uh, comes out of suspension at some point in the season. Sure. I think it's yeah, 100% absolutely. that Deshaun misses time. It's just how much time or potentially the entire season. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And Commissioner Goodell will put him on the exempt list, um, I think, before the season starts if they don't have a suspension lined up. Mm-hmm. But are there does any he, other rookies does, that you want to chat about? Yeah, that's that's what I was going to ask. Um, you the there there's two I think that jump out to me. Obviously, besides Justin Fields being a future NFL Hall of Famer, uh, we'll leave that for a different time. Um, uh, like one other guy that I would just want to bring up, Kenneth Gainwell. Who I mean, first of all, what a just fantastic name <laughs> for a running back, right? Ken <laughs> Ken Gainwell. There you go, Ken Gainwell. Oh my gosh, how is he not going to be a first round running back next year? Um, anyway, he, he played playing for Philly. Um, do we ever know if Miles Sanders is going to be healthy? Um, I, I think I think the answer to that is uh, probably not. Um, so you'll at some point probably be hearing Ken Gainwell um, with he can gain well. Oh, wow. Uh, um, uh, so so you have that. Um, and then just one other guy, uh, Chubba Hubbard, which is just another fantastic name. Um, he was Carolina's fourth round pick out of Oklahoma State. He's backing up CMC. Um, he's currently essentially not being drafted, uh, running back 55. Um, in 2019 for Oklahoma State, he had over 2,000 rushing yards and 21 touchdowns. Um, and if CMC gets hurt again, here's your guy, Chubba Hubbard. Um, so just just wanted to bring him up, especially if you're looking for handcuffs um, late. Um, he's the guy um, currently running back 55. And a lot of times you do see handcuffs going considerably higher than that. Um, you know, you're looking at especially Latavius after the guy was earlier. just injured and missed the whole season, right? <laughs> Absolutely right. I mean, so so th- this is a guy that actually I think will will kind of see his stock rise a little bit um, as we get closer to draft time. Just because it's like if if you're going to handcuff somebody, CMC would be the person to do it on in that offense, and they've proven that they can get it done with pretty much anybody back there. Um, so th- those are the two: uh, Ken Gainwell for Philly and Chubba Hubbard. All right. Um... The only other guy that I think will have like a fantastic game on the waiver wire and then you'll pick him up and think that he's real and then you'll drop him again is Rashad Bateman. Uh, round First round pick out of Minnesota, pick number 27. Um, the guy's a freaking stud. Uh, his sophomore year, he had 60 catches, 1,200 yards, and 11 scores. Um in Minnesota. I, I think he's a fantastic receiver. I just think that the situation is probably well, I know it is <laughs> the worst situation for a receiver in football. Um, Ravens receivers ran uh, the fewest routes and had the fewest targets of all receiver cores last season. Um, you do have uh, Mark Andrews there who is a target machine um, Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, and they added Sammy Watkins. 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 Wapkins. Um, 
but I just think he's really good. And I think he's probably going to pop off for, you know, a couple games here and there, and then you'll put him in your lineup and then he will have a goose egg. But yep. it's just unfortunate that when fantastic receivers go to teams that run the ball that much or just can't throw. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, as we're starting to gear up here a little bit, we have a, a month left until drafts are starting. And just looking at some of the ADPs around here, JD McKissick, um, you know, going as late as he is, is running back 51 after for a large period of the season last year being like a bona fide RB1 um, is just crazy value uh, for, for some of these late guys. Cole Komet going tight end 20. Zach Ertz going tight end 21. Um, like even Tariq Cohen going at running back 50 is, is potential crazy value. Um, depending on what that offense looks like if, if Justin Fields is playing. So yeah, just a a lot to kind of slowly start to digest. Um, and we're going to break it all down as we, uh, kind of talk about ADPs coming up and, um, we have running back rankings, wide receiver rankings, and all that other fun stuff coming. What have you done for me lately? Uh, are, you, do, are, are you just wanting to play the 80, uh, 80 please me drop? I don't need any reason to, to, to play it, and I'm not going to pander to that. Uh, and if I want to, I'll just put the damn, I'll just put the damn drop in. A.D. Please me. Have a good night. Episode 69 on my birthday. What a present. A.D. Please me. A.D. Please me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Football Sackos podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FF Sackos.